Uh, as Christine said, let's talk about some of the worst shit we've ever seen. It is episode five of Masters of Horror's second season. The not at all uh, importantly titled Pro-Life, a John Carpenter film. Or is it? So, uh, these... So, okay, this episode. <laughs> which, first of all, I do want to say, as much as, as we are likely going to shit on this episode... I have to save some of my bowels because I have to give so much more to the episode that comes right after. Um, yes. I, I think that I feel like yes. All right. So this is episode five. Now, uh, one interesting thing that happened in the few days since we have last talked about Masters of Horror was I did manage to dig up an interview with Mick Garris that came out during season two. And so it's an interview with him talking about season two of Masters of Horror. And I found it fascinating. Did you get to read it? I put it on Facebook. No, I didn't. I, okay. so I don't check it regularly. I, understand that. I don't know if I even saw it. Maybe I liked it and didn't register what I was liking. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, here's what I found very interesting about the interview. There, there were three key takeaways that I found. Um, so one is, you know, he um, is asked a lot about, oh, it seems like there's a lot more political content in season two. You know, can, can, what do you think of that? And, and he said something that I thought was very interesting, which was, well, you know, I think a lot of the directors saw Joe Dante's homecoming. I, I was literally going to going to posit that that was what his response was going to be. OK, yeah. well, and I think more importantly, it wasn't that they saw homecoming. It was that they saw the reaction homecoming got. Which was yeah. articles in the Village Voice article like that's probably the only episode that got maybe a Times profile like because it wasn't an important episode but it wasn't just about the content it was also because it was done well and it yep. was a good episode of TV um, but he did say something to the effect of John Landis had said you know when Mick Harris gave us these instructions like you know Joe Dante went off and and made this political satire and I made Dear Woman so it did make me think okay maybe some of the directors really did say. Um, oh, okay, I can do better. So I think that yes. answers the John Landis one. Yeah, I mean, like, this is... So I... Oh, I'm very conflicted about this. Because while I think it's great that that some people potentially saw what they could have done and were like, well, I should take this seriously, but why didn't you take the fact that you were being given, like, like a pay cable platform seriously like why did you have to be told that that was an option yes. that's kind of infuriating oh sure yeah <laughs> um but i think what where i oh and the other thing about the article that will make you vomit is um <laughs> i was curious to, well there's certain things he says that i think are very interesting because he talks about like how the episode the rob schmidt has an episode and he called him he's like he was our lucky mcgee this season so like Clearly, there was this thought of, okay, we need one young director. We need one yeah. Japanese director. And he says, and we have our Japanese segment. So it was definitely calculated. Weird. But the best thing, never once, he talks about some of the um, directors that they couldn't get. Or like that, oh, they were scheduling issues with Wes Craven and so on. And I'm, I'm waiting. I'm like reading this whole article. I'm like, any, any moment, is anybody going to mention the fact that these are all male voices and granted it was 2006 and we weren't bringing this up as much, but no, the only mention is when the interviewer basically says, um, you know, with like movies, you know, with, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but it's something to the effect of like female, I'm using quote, quote marks, female driven horror, basically being scream Queens. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's the only mention of women in it. And it was so infuriating. But what this leads me to think is, separately, I read another interview with John Carpenter, and it was 
from when the ward came out. So it was mostly about okay. the ward, but it was also like he talks about Masters of Horror because he had kind of been retired from directing for a while until Masters of Horror. Mm-hmm. And the way he said it, it was so clear how for him it really was so mick called me and said hey you know you only have to film for like two weeks it's going to be pretty low stakes so come and do it and i did it the first season decided to come back the second season and it made me think like i don't i just don't think as much as this is called john carpenter's Mm pro-life i don't think he gave a shit which, whereas this episode is written again by yeah. Drew McWeeny and Rebecca Swan, Drew McWeeny, who was a writer for Ain't It Cool News and read probably every fucking article written online about Masters of Horror, 90% of which were probably about homecoming, and said, I guarantee, well, we should make we should make sure ours is political. And it's not. It is it, a, it is a stanceless, uh-huh. messy bullshit excuse i am going to be so unkind to this episode how dare you think that this is this is an actual idea how dare you hand john carpenter this script who do you think you are Mm -hmm. what is this i don't i was offended by the the lack of i don't know any type of clarity or direction with this script I just, I was like, for a minute, I was like, am I going to be offended by this? Probably not. <laughs> I'm offended that they didn't even bother to have an opinion. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, there's a movie that came out last year, the year before, called Red Christmas. That mm-hmm. is just, I mean, like, just really, really awful. And it is also about abortion. And it's done in, it's again, that same thing where it's like, they're they're using it purely as a, woo, shocking, which is kind of what Imprint does too. And yet, with that movie, at least I could be almost angrier at it, because I feel like it did kind of come down being very anti-choice. Mm-hmm. Whereas this episode has no actual political opinion whatsoever. It's set in an abortion clinic, a character wants an abortion, a character who is a, a doctor that performs abortions is tortured, and Satan. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I, mean, I think you just. I think you just did it. Well, give us a synopsis. And of course, yes, we are spoiling. Although you can't spoil it because it's shit. Um, it like you said, it's about an abortion clinic, and two doctors find this girl who the the movie show thing claims is fifteen. Clearly not fifteen. <laughs> um finds this young woman running around, takes her to the abortion clinic. She's pregnant and the pregnancy is fast. They did it better on Angel. That's fine. Um, <laughs> it, the pregnancy is accelerated and they don't know why. And she's all upset. And then her dad shows up and her dad's Ron Perlman. And they're like, dad, you can't come in here. We have a restraining order against you because you're clearly not okay. And you terrorize this abortion clinic. And he's like, but I got to get in there. You have my daughter. So then him and his, his loser sons all get guns and start shooting and get into the abortion clinic. And he's like, oh, God told me to take care of this baby. And then you find out that we, we actually had to watch a supposed 15-year-old explain how she was raped by a demon, which was just glorious, I thought. And then, so this girl got raped by a demon, I guess, or something. And now she has a demon baby that's growing way too fast. And the, the dad actually heard 
the demon telling him to take care of the baby and not God, which I will say, the only interesting thing this does, and doesn't do it well. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's a demon baby that they, wink, wink, say that thing about, and it does look like the spider thing from the thing. <laughs> um, and then uh, the girl shoots the baby, crab baby, in the head. And then there's your waste of time, everyone. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, yeah. it, it's all right there. I mean, I guess that's a story. Like if any, if Drew, look, if you have a problem with my critique of your of your script, let's talk because I'm sorry, it's terrible, and I don't know who to- who told you you could write a script because this is really bad. It's bad, and <laughs> there's so much also to it. Like, I mean, you gave what happens in the story, and then again, it's this. Okay, I guess we got to fill it up. So you know, we'll have I other know. characters there. So let's open on the the nurse and the doctor, and of course, the nurse is female and the doctor is male because that's how you know things always work here. Um, who are, like, apparently a couple now, but they're not supposed to be, and, like, oh, let's have a little bit of time devoted to them, even though they don't do, like, the dude who's a a guy you've seen in everything, like, kind of I love him. Yeah, and he gets some good moments of, like, being a good guy that you would want working at this clinic, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he's there to stand up for the women, he's, you know, he knows the rules, he's, like, he is there to take care of the women that come into this clinic. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fine, but then he also, like, you know, when push comes to shove, kind of runs away from the poor 15-year-old girl who's being, like, eaten out from inside by a demon baby. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what, what does that do? Nothing. Um, maybe they get sprayed by demon goo that might, like, be poisonous, but we don't really know. There's other people in the clinic, as there typically would be. And here's your asshole dad character um, who just gets shot in the face. Just, I don't know, is there, we're supposed to be, like satisfied that this kind of awful dude gets killed maybe i don't i don't know yeah oh oh oh, and then there is the absolute like what the fuck torture porn on the doctor so ron perlman decides to torture the doctor uh in like just a stupid like it's not even like it's like oh it's shocking but like it's also stupid it was stupid and i I, I think it was at that moment that I thought like oh if if I if this had any type of point of view I might actually take the time to be offended by this right but like because it was so it's so wild to have such an idea and all the things that we just said happen in it to be so milk toast yes it's and to so have strange. no stance it, it's weird that that exists I mean I guess kudos for that. Well, there's Kudos something for making your abortion yeah, movie with actually being, like not actually offensive to either side in its own way. That the Ron Perlman character could be such an interesting man mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you have a man of God who thinks God has spoken to it. And I mean, this is not a an like this has happened before in other movies and such where he thinks God has spoken to him. So he believes it is his job to protect his daughter and make sure she has this baby that he thinks is god's baby and then is confronted with no it was it was the devil the whole time you like that's powerful that's actually a really good character arc doesn't mean shit in this episode no (sighs) it's it's honestly like uh, i'm not i don't want i'm not like giving myself a pat on the back for saying like yeah obviously that's what was gonna happen but like when it happened, I was like, okay, so this is going to be, like, an actual plot point. But it really barely 
was. Yeah. It, not- it was a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Like, well, what was the point of that then? And I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like, like gross for no reason. Like trauma oh, yeah. gross, like goofy gross. And like, I don't want that. And there's so, that like, beautiful mix of, yeah, there, you have CGI and practical effects, which ends up just making like both look bad. Yeah. I don't know. I thought the baby, everything with the pregnant daughter was poorly handled. I thought it was stupid. Oh, when the, when it was like when the stomach breaks off (laughs) the, the ultrasound thing, like the little demon hand cut, like makes the stomach break the ultrasound thing. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) Why does this exist? It's so weird. It's about nothing. It yeah. really is. And it's it's violent, but like goofy. I don't know. Like it this, doesn't it's like Yeah, its tone is all over the place. You have Ron Perlman whose three sons, two of whom are killed in front of him, and he gets like half a second to mourn them and take it seriously, but then also like, "Hey, let me go make a vagina in the doctor." Like yeah, I guess, like, it really could, you could have done something interesting if you decided to actually, like, develop anything of what was going on. Like, wouldn't it have been a fun commentary if this man's children were dying in front of him and he barely cared and he was he was so concerned about well, this unborn child? And that's I mean, great right there. Like, that yeah. is the theme of but the issue. Like, <laughs> totally. The, this, the, the, the clutching your pearls of we have to protect the unborn children when children are dying around us because of the policy we put in place. Now, granted, this is 2020 that we're saying these things this episode sure. 2006 but it's not like things were that different in 2006 no. welfare was still the issue it was, issue. It was. Yeah, we were still, the arguments around abortion haven't changed at all mm-hmm. this episode should be as relevant today as it could have been then but it doesn't isn't smart enough, it isn't and I think it's like I think this, they made this episode and set in an abortion clinic because they knew somebody would write about it because of the subject matter for sure. And that's fucking bullshit because you did nothing with it. And like, it, it just ends up being that much more offensive for just using it as a sort of shock factor. Because mm-hmm. you don't do anything for, I mean, again, uh, <laughs> I am a pro-choice person, so I am certainly looking at it with that. And you don't do anything for my stance by doing this and you don't really do all you by doing making this it it just it makes me think of like satanic panic-esque um things of oh well because there is so much entertainment and media made in this style even when it has nothing to do with satan or anything like that it just feeds into this that's what i feel like this episode ultimately does like Mm -hmm. it's there to be a shock factor and kind of make you think about abortion but it doesn't at all and so it just makes makes like it just one more thing that somebody could use as an argument somewhere yeah i mean uh, it it's so it's it's very pointless yeah i feel and bad like it has good actors in it yeah i mean most of the cast is like you you wreck it there's ron perlman there's emmanuel vanier like there are faces you know there are people who are not doing a bad job in this either i don't think the performances are bad it's just what a 
waste. What if? Oof. Yeah, it was it was boring and just kind of and just frustrating. And I, it, it, it's the same thing. Like a similar reaction I had to imprint, where like I'm not offended by the the terribly rendered fetuses you're throwing into the ocean or into the lake. I don't care. Like that, great. Right. Sure. But I, I'm offended that this is bad. Yeah. Well, and I so, like people will be like, oh, this outrage around how, how like how wild and shocking this episode. No, it was really bad. Yeah. This is this is what happens when you don't have like like a clear female perspective on things because people just assume, oh, well, we're going to freak people out by doing this. Maybe people are just upset that it's bad. I, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I am. I don't. If you want to make a thing and call it pro-choice and set it in an abortion clinic and have absolutely no stance and basically weasel out of doing anything interesting, then I think that that's stupid. Have have some nerve. Do something interesting. Whether or yeah. not like your politics align with mine, fucking have a stance and do something. It's art, you dope. Yeah. Like, why is this? Why does this even exist if it doesn't do anything? What's the point? Why was this made? Yeah. And I mean, so I am all for the idea of. I always say, like, I you know, use different settings in your you know, yeah. tell an tell an old tale, tell make get, make me a slasher, but set it at a in a hospital. Make a ghost story, but it is set in a school cafeteria. Like, yes, give me different settings. So sure, in theory, tell a simple monster story, but you're set in an abortion clinic. On one hand, like, yeah, that's different. That's something. But I'm sorry, you can't do that if you have no, you can't just play with abortion without actually having any, uh, any opinion on it, anything to say. And not that you have to say something about it with everything, but it just feels so cheap and like, oh, we're going to, people are going to talk about our episode. Well, yeah. It, what are they going to It's say? not like, I don't need you to, to like take a political stance in everything that you do that's not the point what you did by making this was you were clearly taking a hot button issue like like the joe dante one the homecoming from mm-hmm. last season that's what you were clearly doing you wanted a a, a hot button issue yep. but then you didn't do anything with it i'm not saying that everything needs to like take let me take on authority with this one like right. i don't stop it but this this is so it's so lame it's so, and it's so blatant you don't set an episode in an abortion clinic and call your fucking episode pro was it pro exactly. life or pro choice i can't even remember pro-life. it's pro life yeah, you cannot <laughs> call your episode that and have nothing to say i'm sorry fuck you you knew what you were doing and you didn't actually do anything about it and that pisses me off yeah i just don't understand like like i i obviously like, i think i said this when we talked about cigarette burns like i don't know drew i know of his online persona i've heard things like his his pedigree isn't impressive to me if anything it's a strike against him um he does seem to be a a classic member of 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 the boys club i mean you go on to his imdb and it's just pictures of him with austin people austin film people and and that makes and if we haven't read anything in recent days to know just how great a place that was i am not insinuating that he's like a, a shit dude but like do I think that maybe he got real lucky? Uh, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I wish that luck upon people that maybe have more interesting stories to tell. Yeah. Um, like... No. And it's, it's funny. Cause I, I went into a rabbit hole that was such a bad rabbit hole. Um, 
was I started looking, I was trying to find more about these shows when they came out. So I was trying to find reviews for when they were, when they aired. And I ended up, because another fun thing that happened this weekend was uh, Dread Central, which if anybody doesn't know, is a horror news website. Uh, they've been around for a while. They're sort of like Fangoria Light, but not as good and even more bro-y. Uh, they had that tweet that you called out, yeah. and many others did, where they announced how Friday was supposed to be the day Jordan Peele's Candyman premiered. <laughs> and it took them like three days to point out, oh, uh, actually, we meant Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Sorry about that. We didn't mean to offend anybody. Um, and... I ended up reading Dread Central's reviews of Masters of Horror Season 2. Oh. oh my god, Christine. Oh my god. Um, so it's this dude that... I, I don't even want to say his name because like, I I don't want to give him any more press. Cause this, ah. So look, do you want me to... like? I don't, do you have stuff in your stomach because I don't want you to barf after I read his opening paragraph to his pro-life review. Are no, you, I think I'm okay, ready? but I, I probably will become enraged. Oh, you will be. You know okay. <laughs> Okay, so granted, this was written 13 years ago, but then I looked at his Twitter, and he's even worse now. But anyway, um, there are, there are only a few things that scare real men. Fat chicks and party hats could be one of those things. Discovering a sex tape made by your parents may be another, but only one thing cuts deep into the soul of every single male out there. Unplanned pregnancy. Ho, ho, kiss your freedom goodbye. For most women... Pregnancy is a wondrous thing. Fuck you, fuck you, oh, fuck you. Me, oh my. Exactly, exactly. And just, like, again, the idea that this episode was maybe made for a fucking dude like this. Uh, um, and it's just that much more rough now that we have had three genuinely good episodes, good to great episodes, that were not catered towards this dude um and you get to this and it just feels again you have drew mcweeney who was an ain't it cool news guy and that says everything you need to know i mean look the proof's in the pudding yeah it's his job to prove me wrong and he and he failed to exactly twice now yeah um and the co-writer i want to know more about because the co-writer is rebecca swan who is um a transgendered woman one of the few working in the horror genre she hasn't done that much in recent years um when she wrote this she was credited as Scott Swan. Scott, yeah, yeah, I saw that. And I'm just, I, like, I am curious to know more about her. I want to know her experiences. How, do her experiences inform pro-life? I have no idea. Um, but it just, it, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, uh, not good. And no. For the, for the, not for the reason that you would think that perhaps I would say it's not good. It's just not good because it's not good. Exactly. Um, I remember when this is this is making me imprint, and this is now making me want to say this thing that I'm about to say. <laughs> this is a good lead up, Christine. <laughs> um, remember when irrever not irreversible. Um, what is that movie called? Now, now none of this matters. Um, the movie with the pregnant lady, the French movie. Oh, oh, inside, uh, inside. inside. Jeez, boy, that really screwed myself there remember when inside came out i remember i i kind of like that movie i liked it a lot when it came out i've recently rewatched it and i didn't enjoy it as much yeah remember we, we covered it and i was surprised by how it didn't it to me it did not yeah. age well but i and i may have brought this up then when we then we, when we talked about it because i know i've thought it for a while but i remember when that movie really hit and 
a lot of male reactions to it were just like, I can't watch this. I can't yeah. stomach this. This is too much. I, I, this is disturbing. I can't do it. This is the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. Like people were saying that. Yes, yes. And I remember being like, oh boy, I wonder if this is going to bother me. And then watching it and being like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is fine. <laughs> and I feel like, like women's bodies are such a mystery yeah. that men get so fucking freaked out at pregnancy and yep. fetuses and babies. And I'm just like, mm. I mean, I guess that sucks that like that baby got cut out spoiler for that movie, but like, um, it, it didn't bother me. And I feel the same way here. Like, I guess it sucks that that, that faux 15 year old got raped by a demon and had, a weird crab baby, but like it didn't like bother me on a visceral level. Yeah, I mean, she seemed she was able to move around and successfully kill it after. So, I mean, it didn't seem like her. it destroyed I her. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and then that was weird. Like, I'm gonna shoot this baby in the head. I don't fucking know what was what was the point. Yeah, of this? Well, because there is nothing to that character. That, that we can understand why she's making any... Like, we get it. Like, look, if I got impregnated by a demon, yeah, I'm going to an abortion clinic. And I am going to do everything I can to get this thing out of me. And then I have to have it, and I've had it, and now I'm looking at this thing that's clearly a monster. Is like... And that's why it really should have probably been called pro-choice. Because at least she got the choice of, well, now I'm going to kill it. I am making that choice to kill my demon baby. Done. Yeah. But, it, but we never understand, like how she feels about it she has this baby it's a monster and she kills it but did i see any of the moment in her face of oh is this really my baby oh no this thing is a fucking monster no i don't know what went on in her head because this show doesn't certainly doesn't care about her point of view yeah it um it definitely has absolutely no like um there's no emotion there's no resonance to it there's like nothing going on instead it uses that time to have ron perlman make a vaginal hole in the abortion doctor like and i guess now that i'm thinking about it there is because i the other part that we haven't really mentioned because i think it's just so uninspiring to even mention is like i guess this is sort of treated like a siege film like there's i'm sure the writers were like oh it's a little bit of salt on precinct 13 because we're locked in this building and it's room to room and there's gunfights and like yeah, there's fucking gunfights in an abortion clinic, and it's stupid. Like, it's really just stupid. You can have a good idea and do it stupidly, and it becomes mm. stupid. Yeah, I would, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. Christine, do you recommend uh, pro-life? No, not at all. No, yeah. No. And it's the same, I think, that we said about the ward when we talked about that. Like, you know, if if you're a John Carpenter fanatic, should you watch this? No, because this doesn't have his fingerprints on it. This is a director for hire job if there ever was one. Anybody could have made this. Yeah. And it feels like this was written by people that thought they were making something that had a little bit of John Carpenter to it. It doesn't. He did not have any time or care to make it that and he just quickly threw this episode together and that's what you get (sighs) anyway that was uh that was pro-life when we're back we're gonna talk about uh another episode made by a old white dude of the same generation uh considered a master of horror and we'll see how that aged you know what i think we might have we might have hit a rough patch here yeah yeah let's see how we get out of this (laughs) 
Greens and bones and bats and bones and teenage monsters in haunted homes, a ghost on the stair, a vampire's bite, better beware, <laughs> there's a full moon tonight. Having a ball, <laughs> Frankenstein, Dracula, and even the mummy are sure to end up in somebody's tummy. <laughs> Toadstools and weeds, and add an old owl and the young one she breeds, makes in seven legs from an eight-legged piece, and then you're all set for a cannibal feast. Sit round a fire with this cup of brew, a fiend and a werewolf on each side of you. This cannibal orgy is strange to behold, and the maddest story ever told. 